that all started with um, 2014 when I lived in a cave for 60 days because I had never experienced something um, to that degree in my entire life. And, and still to this day, I have not experienced that again, right? So getting every worldly possession stripped from you. Welcome to Grit and Moxie, where we are celebrating women's witness, fitness, and gritness. I'm your hostess, Christine DeSouza. Welcome everybody to Grit and Moxie, where we are celebrating women's witness, fitness, and gritness. My name is Christine DeSouza, your hostess, and today I have the Lauren Schwab, and I want to read a little bit about her to you as we are talking about grit, and I am really going to dig down and get all of her gritty, nitty secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, she is the creator of Unplugged Mornings. She created a nine-step process to help individuals disconnect to reconnect back to their true self. In connection to that effort, Lauren has hiked Mount Kilimanjaro, spent almost 60 days living in a cave, and competed with more than 1 million people to win one of 50 coveted spots in a competition reality TV show held on NBC. Lauren has also opened and sold two fitness studios and is a certified personal trainer, group fitness instructor, fitness model, in addition to leading online workouts that reach hundreds of thousands of men and women focused on changing their lives through fitness and mindfulness and has been featured on USA Today, Sports, Marie Claire Magazine, and Mind Body Green. Lauren has, seen, has been seen on Good Day LA, Fox 11, Fox, ABC, NBC, Universal, GSN, E! Exclamation point, Entertainment, CBS and sci-fi, ooh, sci-fi. <laughs> With tens of thousands of online followers, she was recently identified as a woman of influence in the Los Angeles area and was invited to the mayor's home to help lead and inspire young women across California. Lauren currently hosts virtual workshops called Master Your Morning, where she teaches individuals how to master their mornings and thus master their life. Lauren, has, Lauren travels and speaks all around the country to provide hope to the hopeless, facilitate connection to the lonely, and share the message that every life matters. Oh. Does anybody else get goosebumps when you hear all of that? <laughs> so welcome. Thank you again for joining us today. You, of course, were top of my list when I thought, who should I have on this? podcast grit and moxie and i thought of those two words grit and moxie and i thought oh i know lauren schwab <laughs> has done it all with grace mm. and it's so interesting because sometimes when you think of grit and moxie mm -hmm. we don't always think of grace but we actually need all of that to kind of succeed right so yeah, I am so curious to hear, you know, a little bit about your story and um, then I'm going to ask you some, some questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm honored to have this opportunity to speak with you today and to share with your audience. And I love that you use the word grace because I write that down in my journal that I want to live my life with purpose, grace, and ease. And so knowing my purpose, having grace, and letting it be 
not easy, but lived with ease. So I think there's a difference between something being easy and then just doing it with ease. Um, Cause you know, there's the quote, uh, nothing in life comes easy, right? It's going to be hard and you, it, you earn it and it's worth it in the end. So I think differentiating those is really important, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll just give you a quick cliff notes on who I am and where I came from and how I got to where I am today. So it started back in Kansas 33 years ago. That's where I was born and I grew up in Kansas. And if you've ever been to Kansas, you know that there's not much else to do there besides play sports. <laughs> Honestly, I, I say this all the time, but I didn't even know what hiking was. Like if you stepped on a curb in Kansas, you were hiking. Like it's completely flat. <laughs> um, so there's not a lot of these outdoor nature activities and things, but there are sports. So my grandpa coached me in every single sport. He had the backyard just completely laid out with um, softball, with pole vault, basketball goals, all of that kind of stuff. So I grew up very disciplined in that way because I think when you play sports, there's a certain mindset that you have to have to be able to kind of accomplish certain things. And one of those is discipline and the willingness to just never give up and to always push through. So I attribute a lot of who I am today um, to growing up in Kansas and also having my grandfather as a coach. So that was really fun growing up in Kansas. Uh, I played a lot of sports in high school and then I played basketball in college. And after that, I followed the yellow brick road from Kansas to California. And I didn't really have a plan. I just knew that I wanted to have fun. I wanted to be a part of a team, something like that, because that's all I knew. Long story short, I wasn't a part of a team at first and completely lost my identity. So it was kind of like a downward spiral for a while. And I felt like I was going to move back to Kansas because I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. And then I got invited to play in a football league. <laughs> so I said yes to that. And there's all these little things when I look back and connect the dots of why 11 years later, I'm still in California. Um, but all those little things mattered and all those certain people that showed up in my life when they did. And they probably don't even know how impactful just inviting me to play football was or something or inviting me to come on a trip, just something that just kept me here over and over and over. So I think that's also really important for the listeners out there to know when you say yes to something, it's leading you to the next place. And so it's okay, even if it feels like it was the wrong turn, it never is. It's always the right turn. Um, and it just might be bumpy and jagged and there's twists and turns and all of that kind of stuff, but you're still on the right path. You'll get to where your ultimate destination is eventually. Um, there's just certain things that we have to learn along the way. So. Um, I did that for a while, and then that's when I decided um, I wanted to be a personal trainer, and I started doing personal training, group fitness, things like that, and eventually opened a couple uh, gyms that are franchises born out of Australia, and that was really fun until it wasn't, right? I, I think in life, I'm like, do things in, while they're fun until they're not anymore, and then move on to the next thing, and it's all good. <laughs> it's okay. I, that's another thing I like to say is it's okay to quit. Whereas I feel like we grow up and everyone's like, don't be a quitter. You can never quit. And I think that's great when it comes to school and sports when you're still in school. But after that in life, there are definitely things that you can quit and move on to the next thing. Cause right. Just when something ends, it's the beginning to something else. So, um, after owning the gyms, I decided to actually go into a corporate setting for a while. And I had never been in a corporate setting like that. So I wanted to go in and learn certain things there too. So I could help my clients that had been in corporate transition out of that. So I did that for a year and then decided to go all in, um, 
with my own company called Unplugged, helping people disconnect to reconnect back to their true self. And that's really what I've been doing the last couple of years, whether that's through workshops or retreats, live events, things like that. And also helping people, coaching people to host their own workshops, live events and retreats and things like that. So that kind of brings us up to speed and where we are now and how we got here. Wow, that's so interesting what you said about, you know, being able to say no. Um, yeah. Uh, because you're right, and especially with the, the grit and resiliency uh, mentality, right, it's such a valuable quality to have, and mm-hmm. hard to succeed without it. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing when to say no is really interesting. So that brings me to um, my question. One of my questions. One of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you are born with grit? That's a really good question. I, you know, I think there's a lot that has to do with genetics. And I, when I look at my mom and dad, they're both very gritty. They've both really been resilient and pushed through. They both played sports in college. There's a lot of things where I look at the way they lived their life and I'm doing it very similar to them. Now that could be genetics or watching them. Uh, also growing up, having my grandparents since I was little, they, they babysat me and I actually lived with them for several years as well um, in middle school and high school. And my grandpa's probably the most gritty person I've ever met. So I think that maybe you are born with some of it. It's in your blood. Um, but I also think it's based on your environment and who your role models are, your coaches, your mentors, your support system. You, you really see that. And my grandpa, I, I think the thing I always remember him saying is the cream will always rise to the top. And so I believe that's like the definition of grit. You just keep going and eventually the cream will rise to the top. And there's been so many things in life where I came in second. I'm always coming in second, 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 but I would still think, okay, the cream will always rise to the top. Like eventually I'm going to come in first. Like at some point I will. Um, and it's funny because I just did another competition reality show um, last year that the filming just aired. And I remember I actually had to get to the top of a mountain. Like that's how you would actually win. And I said that to myself right before um, first I said a Bible verse, um, Philippians 4.1.3. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then I thought the cream will always rise to the top and I'm going to get to the top of the mountain and come in first. And I did. (laughs) And I thought 33 years later, I finally got that first place. Right. But that's what grit is. Sometimes it takes 33 years um, to get where you want to go. And not that getting to the top of a mountain in a reality show was like the ultimate for me. um, But it just showed me that there's so many things in life um, that I think we we stop short and we quit right before the finish line because we can't see it, but it could be right around the corner. Like you could be 10 steps away, but because it's around the corner and you can't see it, you feel like you're done and you can't keep going. Um, And you think about that too in races or maybe when you're doing a hike and they're like, let's just get to this next point. And once you get to that point, it's like you get an adrenaline rush. You're like, oh, the finish line's there. I I can sprint all the way there, right? As opposed to five seconds before you thought you were completely done and you couldn't take another step forward. So yeah, to answer your question, I I believe there are some sort of genetics involved, but then also just you're a product of your environment and who you're around and what you're watching as you're growing up. Yeah. Now, where would you say the line is? Like, so how do you, what's your resilience kind of recipe to know when to keep going and when to say it's okay to quit? You know, so how do you know when... How do you make that determination? Because sometimes if 
we quit, we kind of beat ourselves up a little bit mm -hmm. to accepting that that was an okay decision that it's your life. It's you have the choice and this was the right move for you at that moment in time. So what is the recipe on when you add a little dash of grit or when you kind of are like, Ooh, maybe that's a little too much grit there. That was not necessary. Now it's a little too spicy, you know? Yeah. You know, I think it really depends on your goal, your purpose. Like what is your mission? Is this something that's actually helping me move the needle forward? And it, yeah, it's just a little bit hard, but I need to sit in this, right? I'm say I'm starting my own company and it's my own company. And so of course it's going to be hard and there's going to be days where it doesn't work out and you're going to lose a lot of money and you're going to cry a lot and stuff. That's when you stay gritty because you had a goal of starting this company and it's your mission and it's your life's work. It's your calling. So that's where I would say push, push, push. But if you are working for somebody else and the, this is where I would use the fun meter, as soon as it's not fun anymore, quit. <laughs> like don't be, it's like having an expiration date on something and then the expiration date comes and it passes and now everything's sour. Like you're not excited to get up and go to work anymore. You're not excited to be around your coworkers. You're not excited to be around your boss. Everything's annoying you. You're just like going in this downward spiral because it's not fun anymore. Right. And I think that's a really good indication, even in relationships, they should be fun. Like life should be fun. If we've learned anything over the last six months, life is extremely short and we really don't know when our expiration date is. So why would we go through any day, not any day at all, not having fun, not having joy, love, abundance, laughter, right? Cause we just don't know how many days that we have left. So I think I would really look at that when it comes down to your goals, your mission, um, which direction that you're going. And here's the thing, you have to set goals or you don't know what direction you're going, right? So then you're coming to a crossroads and it's like, well, I don't have a goal. So I don't know if I should go left or right. Once you have the goal set, you'll know which direction that you need to go. Um, but that's what I would say as far as um, knowing when to push and then knowing when to just release. That's great. And I, I like that you mentioned that we expire because that's really sticky conversation and we're really good at pretending that we don't. Uh -huh. Yep. <laughs> so, so tell me, what has been one experience that has really greatly helped you develop uh, your grit? And <laughs> How, how did you find the, the, how did you find the motivation to like keep going? Yeah, that all started with um, 2014 when I lived in a cave for 60 days because I had never experienced something um, to that degree in my entire life. And, and still to this day, I have not experienced that again, right? So getting every worldly possession stripped from you, everything that you know, friends, family, technology, communication with the outside world, and literally not even owning, like not wearing anything that's even yours. So for 60 days, having all of that taken away, it's like you have no other choice but to go within and decide, who am I? Why am I here? What's my raison d'etre, as my grandpa always says, which means reason for being. Um, but I don't think in life we ever get still enough, quiet enough to go within and to listen to those answers that already reside inside of us. So that was something that I would say um, required the most grit <laughs> of my entire life because multiple times I wanted to quit. Like, and, and that's one of those cases, right? Like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. I don't want to quit. Like, you know, all that. 
but I also had a goal of winning that show. So that means no matter what happens, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how sick I get, no matter how cold I am or I'm crying or whatever, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to sit through this. And I realized that in life, it's not in the pleasure that we grow. It's in the pain. It's in the extremely painful moments that we are so stretched out of our comfort zone that we actually grow. And I grew more in 60 days than I have in 33 years. Truly. Um, I really learned what gratitude was. I thought I was the most grateful person in the world because I, even living in California for 11 years, I would wake up and see a palm tree and be so excited. Like it was the first palm tree I've ever seen. And every time I see the ocean, I'm so excited and I'm grateful for my friends and family. And I, I talk about gratitude and sign my emails with gratitude, Lauren, all of that. But it wasn't until the things that were, um, seemingly simple were taken away, like my toothbrush and toothpaste and pillows and blankets and um, any outlet that, so anything that you would need to plug in, like my fans, I sleep with three fans every night, um, my Nutribullet, my curling iron, my phone, my computer, like you don't even realize how many things you plug in. Like imagine just living without outlets for 60 days, you know, you don't have microwaves, you don't have ovens. So anything that you eat is like, you're cutting these things up, you're, you're, making a fire <laughs> like you're truly surviving and it's the most simple life you could ever imagine and i needed to be in that um and i i learned so much on comparison and how it really is the thing that steals our joy like the moment we go down those rabbit holes scrolling and just looking at our friends and family and seeing people that are younger than us that have already done what we want to do um is the moment that we start to get sad and feel like we're not enough and like we haven't accomplished enough and that we're not going to get there um into that i just always tell everyone that you're never ever late for your own journey like your journey is unique to you and you're never late you're going to be right on time um for being uh, a mom, if that's what you want, having a husband, that career, that job, like you're going to be right on time for whatever that is. Um, so yeah, it just, that experience in itself of not getting to have food when you wanted it. I lost 30 pounds. I was like, I was a corpse. I was emaciated. Um, I, you know, you need these nutrients to be able to think properly. My brain wasn't functioning. I couldn't think of like the names of my family members and things. It was just wild. Um, but you, I feel like you kind of have to go to those depths and have everything taken away so that you can like truly appreciate life. And I've never been the same since I've, I, you know, if, if people thought I was light and positive before, like it's like a whole new level. And so I remind myself to go back to that when I'm, you know, starting to feel any kind of way like, oh, I need an extra pillow or this pillow's hard or <laughs> whatever it is. I'm like, wait a second, you lived on the dirt outside. It was freezing for 60 days. Like you can handle this for one night, whatever. So um, yeah, I think that was, that was the catalyst that really um, pushed me to create more experiences like that. So since then, I, you know, like you mentioned, hiked Kilimanjaro, went to Africa for six weeks, turned off my phone. I've actually um, said yes to other reality shows just because I knew they were going to take my technology away and I wanted them to do that. Um, so I'll do that or go on like camping trips or I created retreats that are unplugged. So I just think it's really um, valuable for people to be intentional to unplug every single day, but then also take these trips, take several days and fully unplug from the devices. Yeah, absolutely. So now this is totally maybe off topic for this podcast, but having that experience, do you feel like if any of the conspiracy theory stuff actually happens and 
you know, the grid is shut down that you would be able to survive? Yeah, you know what's actually really interesting because when quarantine first started in March, I personally was like, I feel like I'm living like a queen. I have my own apartment, my bed, I have water, I have food. You know, it was when you first went to the grocery stores and there was no food, like everything was gone and people were so upset and all that. I'm thinking, yeah, but we could just get other kinds of food. Like we can still order food. Like there was so many options. So I saw options and opportunity where people saw like that they were getting things taken away and their freedom was taken away. And I thought, man, I would rather have this any day than live in a cave. Um, and then toilet paper. I'm like, shoot, we can use, you know, old makeup wipes. We can use um, coffee filters. Like we can just jump in the shower. Like <laughs> we have options here, people. So yeah, when the beginning of quarantine happened, I just looked around again and saw everything I did have. And I saw abundance. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be stuck anywhere for a certain amount of time, I'm pretty glad that I'm stuck here. And I even have friends that live in my building. So we were able to still be around friends and, and do workouts and things like that, which is really funny because on that show where I lived in a cave, one of the girls who also was on the show now lives right above me. So here we are, we were quarantined back in 2014 together and that's how we met and now we're best friends. And now we were quarantined again in 2020 with her living right above me. So we both were just being, we were super, super grateful for that. Um, and even to this day, I still just see abundance and opportunity and blessings. Um, in fact, I was watching a church service yesterday and the preacher said, um, we can't be paralyzed by what we've lost. We need to be mobilized by what we've gained. And I thought, oh my gosh, people are paralyzed now by what they've lost instead of being mobilized by what they've gained. Because I think what we've gained is a new perspective. And, and speaking of 2020 vision, you know, I think a lot of people had this idea of 2020 vision being rocket ship, make a million dollars, you know, all of this. And now it's like, well, what if 2020 vision was that you actually could wake up and see like life in the world for what it really is and what really matters in life and who matters in life and get your priorities straight and slow down to speed up, right? So I think that, again, we put meaning on certain things uh, and it might be completely opposite of what we think. So I've, I've enjoyed this time and I've been able to get closer to people and reach even more people. Um, and then as far as answering your questions when it comes to conspiracy theories, you know, I think in life, there are pretty much everything is unknown and uncertain. Like we don't know what's going to happen in the middle of this call. If we're going to get a text message um, from a family member that could totally change our life. And it might not have anything to do with the pandemic or with a virus or anything like that. Uh, there's so many different things that happen on a daily basis all over the world. Um, so we don't know. We're uncertain. Uh, like the only thing for me that I know is my faith and where I'm going when I leave this world. And, and that's just for me, that's different for other people as well. Um, so when it comes to conspiracy theories, I don't know if they're conspiracy theories or facts, like they could be facts, like it could all be true, right? Like, do we really know? Um, so when I speak, it's only my opinion and what my intuition is telling me. And, um, and, and that could be, it could come out and be completely different. I'm also okay with being wrong. <laughs> so that's okay too. Um, I just feel, you know, strongly in the way that I do based on my own research and, and intuition. So yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of months or what kind of information or facts or truth are going to come out. And are facts really facts? Is truth really truth? I don't know. <laughs> I know. So 
yeah, it's really, you know, when you go down the path of thinking about all the things that could happen, I feel uh -huh. like there's up a lot of anxiety, you know, in some cases I, I do find it valuable to, to think in, in those terms, mm -hmm. but you can't really stay there because, you know, in some ways it, it is preparation. Yeah. Uh, but in a lot of cases, if it's just too much and it's just, you know, sometimes people get stuck. Yeah. And you know, the thing I keep saying, because, you know, sometimes we'll be out on the beach, you know, going for a walk and someone will come by and they'll put their hands up and call us murderers because we're not wearing masks. And I'm thinking, this is the biggest beach. You could walk 15 feet over there, but you chose to walk right by us and do that. And so in that moment, I start praying for those people, whoever that is, I pray for them because what I feel like truly is that they've already died. I feel like they're already dead that the behavior that they're exuding. Um, and I personally don't want to die before I die, right? I want to live my life and I want to have fun and I, I want to still be responsible and respectful and all of those things. But as soon as I start acting like that and behaving like that, I'm no longer living, right? I'm completely in fear. Everything's a choice. Like if I really feel that fearful, I'm not leaving the house, right? I'm not going to go outside because there are more, many people out there who are not wearing masks, right? Like they just feel differently. They have a different belief and, and all of that's fine with me. Um, because that's how, that's what makes this world so unique is that we all are different and we all have different beliefs. And I, I, I just don't judge people at all, um, for whatever, because it's like, okay, they're a product of their environment, where they grew up, genetics, all these different things, why they're saying what they're saying. So that's why when this woman or whoever is calling me a murderer for not wearing a mask, I can just pray for her because I'm not judging her. Like she's judging me, but I am not judging her. <laughs> yes. I wonder if she's listening right now. She, she knows that she's being prayed for. <laughs> yeah, all of them. I mean, there's, there's plenty because we go hiking and things like that too. And there's, there's all kinds of comments and different things that um, are, you know, said, and I, I can only pray for them. That's all I can do. Like, I'm not going to, you know, like my grandpa always says, two wrongs don't make a right. Like, I'm not going to speak to somebody like that. I don't know why they're, they are or are not, right? Because I'm not going to judge people for wearing a mask, right? I'm not going to say, you need to wake up and blah, 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 all this stuff. Because I'm like, you could be immune compromised. There can be a reason why maybe you always wear a mask. Even before the pandemic, when I flew, there was a lot of people wearing masks and gloves and all the things. So I didn't judge them then. I'm not judging them now. That's a great outlook. That's a great perspective. If more of us could have a perspective like that, you know, <laughs> more forgiving. Not for, forgiving isn't even the right word, but yes, exactly what you said. <laughs> <laughs> So then during this time, right? So that was one of my questions that I had for you is during this time, lots of people have lost their job. Lots of people had to, the big buzzword, right? For entrepreneurs right now is pivot. You know, yeah. how have you been able to stay gritty and with that kind of moxie and excitement and enthusiasm even during, even during, you know, such a time as this? Well, I look at life differently. I think I look at life through a different lens with a different perspective that everything is happening for me, no matter what. It's not happening to me. So even, I'm still human, right? So if something happens and I lose all of my money and I'm like sitting there, I'm gonna like cry for a second and then be like, okay, get up, wipe your tears and let's figure out the next move. What are you doing next? Because this is happening 
for me, not to me. And it's then when I do that, it's exciting. I'm like excited. So um, I have so much compassion for all of the people who have lost their businesses. Um, and I'm also excited for what they're going to do next, because if they were able to build a successful business once they have the blueprint, they know how to do it and they can do it again. And I truly believe that. And I think it'll be better than it was before. Sometimes we kind of have to like erase and wipe clean. We hang on to things for so long that we might not be happy anymore. Even the people that had these successful businesses, maybe they weren't happy with what they were doing. Maybe they were working around the clock and not having any time to enjoy their life. And now because it got, you know, taken away, they had some time to enjoy life and go do things that they hadn't, you know, had the time to do before. And now they can start over with a fresh mindset and create something different. Because in this life, I like think about my grandparents. I'm like, do you know how many times they have literally started over? Do you know how many times they've lost all their money unfairly? Do you know how many times they've went through wars and they've went through different viruses and things like that? I'm like, they're almost 90 years old. That's like, they have the biggest smiles on their face through this entire thing because this isn't the first time that they've done this. And they've, they've, they've had grit and they've had perseverance and no matter what happened, they never gave up. My, my grandparents had four kids before they were 24 and they were all, you know, a year apart. And they were in, they were born in four different countries in France and Germany. And uh, then one was Florida. And my mom was actually the only one in Kansas. And so it's just like, I look at this and I'm like, they have just, I think my grandma even went over on like the Queen Mary or something over to like, she like took the longest, like, um, I was going to say bus, but um, ship to get over there. And I'm like, they just like did things and they worked hard. And, um, yeah, I just think about that and think about that now for everybody. I'm like, it's just exciting. And I was, I pivoted from in-person events to online virtual summit. I also have just taken time off because I think that that's important too. And I'm excited for whatever the next thing is, instead of feeling like I've lost something, I just feel like I've gained a lot. Like even even though I thought I had a good perspective before, I feel like it's even better now. I feel like I've like, my lenses were getting like dirty and I like clean them off and I can see even more clearly now. Fresh, 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 fresh. (laughs) So what is your next, well, okay. I don't want to put you on the spot. You're not, you don't have to share this. Of course, you never have to share anything. Um, I'm not laying it on thick or anything, but what is your next big audacious, Harry, all the buzzwords that go along with huge, uh, you know, goal that would make you just blow you away. I'm so excited about this. And this also came to me during this pandemic um, because I just kept praying to God, like, what's the next move? What's my next step? I've done this. I've done that. That was exciting. But I want to serve God in a bigger way. And I want to bring faith into everything I do, including my business. And one morning, God just woke me up with my new business name and it made complete sense. And I was so excited. And that's the thing that's been getting me up every morning excited. And that is business baptism. So business baptism, (laughs) I know, right? Business baptism is a 12-step program to clean up your business from the inside out. So really laying that firm foundation, because I think a lot of times in business, we get six months or a year in, and we haven't done the things in the right order, and all of a sudden, it's risky, right? So the tagline with this is from risky business to holy business. So I want them to build this on a firm foundation. I want them to get all the steps in order, starting with right Romans 12 to um, be renewed, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
So we're going to start with that. We're going to renew our mind. So we'll be fresh and new and born again, right? And just this, this whole new coming alive. And then we work on the business. And when you do that, you're going to attract all the right clients. They'll be your ideal clients. It's there. You're going to help them create abundance their life. And it's just going to be the right order. So I'm so excited about business baptism. And I filed my trademark uh, a couple weeks ago on the same day that I then got rebaptized in the ocean. So business baptism got filed. I got baptized in the ocean. I just feel like it's a whole new creation um, for me. And it feels so in alignment for the first time in my life. It's all in alignment because I know that it's all for the glory of God. And my LLC is actually Philippians 413. <laughs> so I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so that's, I can do all things, whether that's relationships, whether that's business, whether that's volunteering, anything that I'm doing, um, that umbrella of Christ is just over me. And so I know that my business will be blessed because of that. Uh, so I'm so excited about that. And that's going to be launching in the next couple of weeks, um, as well as I'm going to be hosting a faith-based retreat in Los Angeles in person. And um, there's going to be Bible study. There is going to be um, mindset workshops, but we're also going to have church service on Sunday of the retreat where we have a pastor coming to deliver a message. We're going to have worship and we're going to do water baptisms. So we, yeah, so we are so excited about this and this is obviously just the beginning of these. We're going to do them quite often. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. Super exciting. Yeah. So good. So, so good. <laughs> you got a lot going on. You do a lot and you keep going, right? How do you continue to keep wellness as a foundation for your life and for your business and for all that you're doing for your relationships, for everything. How do you fuel that continuation? Because, you know, I talk to so many and whether you're working in the corporate world or you're an entrepreneur, it's so easy to get like sucked into the computer and sucked into, um, checking things off your list and making it happen. Yep. <laughs> oh, I skipped lunch. I didn't get my workout in. I mean, that happens some days, right? Unless yep. you're intentional about it. Yep. What are your best practices for that and any advice that you have uh, for others that are really trying to support their their business but you know we all know if your body is not healthy your mind is not healthy your business is not going to be healthy right yep yeah it's so important and i do that by making it a priority to spend time with god every morning before i plug back into the world to the noise to the chaos i plug into god i plug into myself and that's the nine-step process I use from Unplugged. So connecting, breathing, meditating, and then nourishing my body. All of this is done, um, you know, without technology, right? So it's like, whether it's 10 minutes or an hour in the morning, it doesn't matter. You want to fill up your cup first so that you can serve others the rest of that day from your overflow, right? Not from the empty cup because you won't have anything to do. So if you wake up kind of panicked and you first reach for your phone, you're going to see a text or an email or something that's going to throw you off in some way. Um, that same text and email will be there, but if you fill your cup up first, you're going to respond in a loving way instead of react in an anxious way. And so I do that every morning. I take time. I have even 
right now, like all my, I have my daily bread. This is the one my grandpa reads every day. So I'm like, whatever he's reading, I need to be reading because he's got it figured out. And then I have Jesus calling. And then I have my book, Lead Like Jesus. And then I have my Bible with my Philippians 413 on there. <laughs> um, so I just pour all of that into me because I know that if that's what I'm consuming and that's what I'm allowing in, that that's what's going to also pour out. And so I just want to make sure that I am applying what I'm reading, that I'm not just reading it, consuming it and taking it in for me, but that because I'm doing that, my behavior is different. My habits are different. My actions are different. The way that I treat people is different because of what I'm doing in the morning. So I think that's the most important thing is that in the morning you have some sort of practice, whether that's a journaling practice, a gratitude practice, a reading practice, a movement practice, something to just give to yourself and fill yourself up first. And that's how I'm able to be that energizer bunny that keeps going and going. If I did not take that time in the morning, it just, and, and even taking time to plan in the morning for the rest of your day. So um, I think it's also really, really important to only pick three things, like three big things per day to check off the list. Otherwise you feel like a failure when you have like 20 and you're like, oh, I didn't get them all done. Three is great. Um, and then that way it's a win. And, and pick one thing every day too. Like I have a one thing whether that's running a mile, making my bed, drinking a smoothie. I have a one thing. So when I check that off, I also feel like I won the day. Like I did my one thing. It's cool. Um, so those are some of the things that I do daily to just help me be more proactive and responsive and loving and live that life with grace, like you said at the beginning. Really great, really great. So, okay, this really is just a nosy question. <laughs> day in the life of Lauren look like in terms of we know what your morning looks like but in terms of you know maybe your your meals your eating your exercise routines your you know your business schedule you know it's yep. every, every day different yep yeah so quarantine has been different than what my normal life would be like because my normal life would be traveling a lot I'd be flying a lot um, I would be going to events and workout classes, group fitness classes. I love being around people. So during quarantine, I do my morning practice every single day. Like I said, my best friend lives above me. So we work out together every day. So we usually, the first couple months of quarantine, we ran over 450 miles. And so we were running about four miles a day. So we'd go for a run and then we would do a hit workout in our courtyard. And then we would go work for the rest of the day. And then we would do a walk at night. So we would always kind of do a sunset walk to just kind of debrief our day and self-reflection and things like that. So we, we were together a lot and I have now started traveling a little bit the last couple weeks um, on some cool trips and things with some mastermind girls. Um, but for the most part, it looks like that morning routine, have my coffee, and then I'll get a little bit of work done. I'll do like emails text messages. I always use the Pomodoro method. So if you're not familiar with that, you set your timer for, they usually say 25 on five off. I do 33 on cause I'm 33. So 33 minutes on five minutes off. So whatever it is, even if I'm doing the laundry, I set that thing so that I do not get distracted and start doing emails and texts and the dishes and everything. I'm like, whatever the task is, and you can complete it earlier. So maybe it doesn't always take me 33 minutes to do the laundry, but I literally can't do anything else until I'm done with that task. 
And then when that five minutes comes up, you can't go on Instagram. You can't go to emails. You can't go to text messages. You can only sit and deep breathe, um, go for a walk, like do some movement, things like that, but stay unplugged so that you can go back and refocus on the task that you were doing. So say some tasks might take four Pomodoros. So you're going 33 on, five off, 33 on, five off until you complete that task. And that's how I get through those three big things per day as well. So that's what I'll do. Um, then I'll usually take a lunch break. Um, I'll, do, well, I'll do my workout, my run and workout before I do lunch and then go back into like Tuesdays are for clients. So I'll have all my one-on-one -on -one clients on Tuesdays. Um, Wednesdays, I do mastermind calls. Um, Monday, Thursday, Friday, I'll do um, different podcasts that I'm on or continuing education, which by the way, I'm so excited. I haven't actually announced this yet, but I just applied for um, Mosaic College. And so it's scripture study. It's basically like Bible study, Bible school type of thing, but it's character building, ministry work. So I applied for that and it's a year program. So I may be starting that in the next couple of weeks as well, which I'll be really excited to start sharing some of that with people. Um, but so that'll be something that would be added into my schedule. And then I always go for like a sunset walk just to decompress. And then I'll usually do a little bit more work before I go to bed. So. Fantastic. Wow. I like that insight. I like the starting off and then kind of the closure to your day. Yep. In, in the middle. Yeah. That's really awesome. Okay, so Lauren, tell us, how can we find you? Good. I, so I changed my Instagram handle, finally. Um, so my Instagram handle is at Lauren L. Schwab. So last name, S-C-H-W-A-B. Um, you can find me, my website at unpluggedmornings.com, which I might be changing that to business baptism soon. So we'll see once we get all the trademark stuff done with that. But usually Instagram is where I post the majority of events and things that are coming up, retreats, workshops. I'll be talking a lot about business baptism. So I would say come to Instagram, shoot me a message there. I love um, chatting with people and helping them get wherever they want to go. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. If you are not acquainted with Lauren yet, definitely follow her. Um, she will enrich your life just by, you know, just by watching her, you know, um, and also, actually, she was a guest on our, my last two virtual, virtual uh, summits. We had the 2020 vision, mm -hmm. um, 2020, which was, you know, turned out to be a little ironic. And then we just did the UBOSS experience, which all can be viewed on, um, on my website. You can always share that. But she has, you know, if you thought this was just chock full of amazing content from her and insights definitely check those out and definitely follow her on her journey because it never ends with fun <laughs> never ends with her so definitely plug into her she'll help you plug into yourself and that's it thank you so much Lauren thank you love that was amazing and Moxie. If you want to hear more, please do subscribe and share this with your friends and head on over for another dose of DeSosa at christinedesosa.com. Thank you and I'll see you next time.